Welcome to the Blabbermalt Show with your hosts, Dave and Matthias, two guys that blabber incessantly about beer, brewing, and bullcrap. Stick around while they brew up another tasty episode. All right. Hey, Blabbermaltsters. What's up, everybody? Uh, is it okay if I call our viewers blabber monsters blabber monsters you got yeah. to now okay that's a thing it's a thing all right let's mash in sean it's time to mash in all right everybody well we got a very special guest here as you can see by his hoodie he was yeah. from the place we were at last week for our mini episode railroad brewing company we yeah. had an awesome time oh we had a great time a bunch of people came out we had some beer we had some food yeah, the food was great. Yeah, food was great. I had the smash burger. I had the uh, Nashville hot mac and cheese. It looked and it, was, it looked amazing. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I think the missus had the Nashville hot chicken. She did. She yeah. loved it. Mm. Everything looked so good. Honestly, it was fantastic. Uh, I had a flight of beer. Um, my favorite was well, I, in that was the Galaxy Smash, which I talked yeah, about a little great. bit with the the single malt, single hop, the I think you mentioned it was the Maris, Maris Otter. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Galaxy Hops, which are just epic in general. And then engine number four, which I think I see in front of us today. Yeah. Hey. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, we had a great time. Um, it was one of our most watched shows. Um, the quality of the video was great. The, the place looks beautiful, Corbin. And uh, we're just really excited to talk to you today, but also just to talk about railroad in general and, and the path you guys are on right now. It seems pretty epic. Yeah. Well, let's get to the Vorloff. It's time, it's time to- for the Vorloff. So who is this guy in between us? Well, thanks so much for having me, guys. It's such a blast to be here today. Um, so my name is Corbin Schlotter. I am the head brewer at Railroad Brewing Company. Um, and that's exactly where you guys were last week. And so you were at the restaurant and that is our newest location. Um, I work mainly out of the production facility, which is about a quarter mile down the street. And that's where all of our production space is. That used to be our only location. Right. And uh, so we've, we've kind of expanded now. We have this new restaurant. It, it is awesome. The food is amazing. I encourage everyone to come and check it out. Uh, the space is unbelievable. If you're familiar with the area, it's the old Moosehead, old uh, Bubba's Barbecue. Uh, super iconic location right on the railroad tracks fits the name perfectly yeah. um, and and if you want to, to check out the production facility we do still have hours there to come and check out the tap room still a super cool space and a lot of fun to, to grab a beer there too yeah and I think that I saw online that you guys are open this Saturday right noon to nine I think I believe is what it was yep and absolutely that's epic and, and it's not just the inside which was which was beautiful. We talked about that, showed a little tour in the bar and the up, updates you guys made to the space. But as we walked down the hallway, saw the mural and then that four se- three-season room, which is going to add so much to the space. And then that epic patio, patio slash beer great. garden is going to be wonderful this summer. So if you have not seen it yet, you should go over to Railroad Brewing Company and take in that patio, which is going to be super sweet. Yeah, the full name, uh, Railroad Brewing Company Center Station. Is that correct? That's correct. Yep. Center Station is the, the restaurant, and then the, the production center is, uh, is, is the old tap room that, that everyone was used to uh, just down the street, uh, south on 83 from where the restaurant is. Yeah, pretty close. Yep. For sure, for sure. Yep. Well, you know, this is a podcast about uh, beer oh, yeah. and brewing, so... Uh, we had to start with a little beer share today. We're going to crack into yours. But first and foremost, I told everybody on, out in the uh, the brewing world, podcast world, the internet universe, that yeah. we're going to be sharing. The Blabber Maltsters. Maltsters um, our Survivor Series that we brewed um, at Medina Brewing Company, which is uh, part of our brand of Avon Brewing Company. Um, our Survivor Series. So we're going to try that, talk about that, and, and, and move from there. So let's go ahead and get rolling with that. Got some samples in our glasses from the... Brewfest Waterfront District. So that's something we want to talk about as we start pouring. I'll pour mine and I'll talk a little bit. Um, there's a homebrew competition that we always talk about uh, here in brewing. And uh, that's going to be online pretty soon. So make sure if you're a home brewer, Oh, yeah, um, it's coming out. All right, cool. Get yourself together and we'll have all those details when we're when it's ready to go on and submit your, your beer for 
uh, the Brewfest for the competition. So I'm going to assume that you'll be on that task force this year to help um, Corbin. will be probably there to help uh, judge, I'm going to guess, since you're rocking and rolling there at Railroad. So let's do a cheers, and we'll talk. Survivor Series. I'm excited for this one. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Uh. Uh. Hmm. I want one too, Mom. So... <laughs> With the beer um, being called the Survivor Series, yep. Um, I imagine we're gonna. I hope you would talk a little bit about the survive, the hop survivability. Yeah, let's talk about this us. beer. So, first and foremost, Survivor Series. Uh, if you look at the logo that I put online. Uh, is a take on uh, wrestling, right? Big time, old school wrestling, and I'm, I love wrestling. Um, not so much anymore today, but um, when I was in college, we're, we're big into that. And actually, fun fact on the Matthias world. Um, had a little contract with WWE for um, about six months. Get out of here. <laughs> Back okay, in 1999. Uh, traveled around and, and uh, wrestled the likes of King Kong Bundy and Superfly Snooka on, on the old man tour. <laughs> really? Uh, you know, really did. Tony up. Atlas was my trainer. I was on the, yeah, on MTV. Um, True Life. This brings up because we, we did get, I did get some questions about, People would like to hear more about your fandom in WWE, oh and I didn't know that your actual talent. Talent, let's call it that, <laughs> yes. Kayfabe, that's the talent. So, uh, of course, Survivor Series kind of hits home. It's kind of a cool take on that logo. Our designer did a great job, but uh, we brewed a cold IPA for the purpose of really getting into this concept of survivability of hops. And so when you look at hops in general, right, you want to look at um, some of the compounds that help us get those flavors, the, the terpenes, the thiols, the esters that you get from the hops. And, you know, really before um, Scott Janish and some of the others did a lot of research on what that would look like um, in the new IPA book, a lot of times when we're brewing beer, especially years ago, um, you want a lot of hop flavor from a beer, you would do what? 60-minute boil. 60-minute boil for the bittering. But if you wanted to keep that really nice pungent hop aroma you're going to do it in the dry hop right yeah so which, which is still a great option but when you look at hops in general right how do we utilize best um, those um, terpene styles and, and esters from different hop compounds in different parts of the, of, of the brew day so um, what they talked about was that if you look at maybe using like we did this is a survivor series idaho seven and Cascade. So Idaho 7 has been known to be a, a very good hop to use in the Whirlpool hot side survivability. So it's going to keep a lot of that flavor profile. So what they did was that they put um, Idaho 7 in the Whirlpool, hot side Whirlpool, right? And um, after fermentation was was complete, um, they soft crashed to 58 so you can you know harvest your yeast or do whatever you're going to do at that point in time. And then that's when you get a good feel for what the hops or left in there with the flavor of, of the beer then. And they found that just a, a Whirlpool edition of Idaho 7 almost outperformed a majority of dry hopped beers and just that aroma and flavor. Um, and they're like, well, what, why? You know, why Idaho 7? So um, they really got into the, the, the science behind all of those things, and they found this whole chart of survivabilities with hops um, in those different compounds that we're trying to pull out. Idaho 7 is one of the ones that is, is very um, high in the survivability scale when it comes to um, the warmer side, right, the hot side. And so we use that, and you get that kind of tropical f flavor and feel out of that, and then cascade on the back side is on the cold side, survivability scale. So you're going to get that kind of dry hopped um, aroma as well as some of that really cool tropical notes. We did it in a cold IPA, uh, so that way... Um, really, the hops just kind of shine in, in that matter. So that was the, that's the point of that, and that's really the Survivor Series. Uh, we have one on now in Medina. Um, we're not calling it Survivor Series because people are getting confused between the two that are on right now. Oh. Um, but we have a Polaris on, and those Polaris hops really um, kind of in general tend to throw a little bit of that uh, almost minty pineapple, yep. um, but used correctly, that mint just scrubs right out, and it is just pungent. Danky fun pineapple. So it's just, it's really cool to get into that world of survivabilities. And, and I know that Masthead was a big deal in, uh, in starting that around the area, um, put a whole beer out with that. With um, And you can actually, you can save money. I mean, if you're going to spend money on hops, why put it in at a point in time when you're going to drive off all the volatiles and just waste it? 
Yeah, so it doesn't really make sense then to, to use cashmere or or maybe even cascade in the hot side because yeah. you're going to lose it all. Right. So it's kind of roll through the, that process. So, I mean, Corbin, what, what have you – do you guys do any of that? Have you thought about that yet? It's new for us too. So, I mean, new in terms of calling it survivables, right? Right. So, actually, you mentioned Scott Janis, and I, I'm super familiar with a lot of his work. I've read a lot of it. And uh, Idaho 7 is actually something if, – if I do any first wart hopping or anything like that, it's pretty much only Idaho 7 that I'll yep. use. Um, and it's for that reason, uh, just strictly based on on his work, on his research, and and kind of the conclusions that he's come to in in maintaining a lot of that flavor. Idaho seven, Idaho seven is one of my favorite hops to use. I love the the flavor profile that it gives, and so I love using that hop really at any part of the brew that I can. Uh, but if I can use it as a first wort hop or I can use it on the hot side and add just a little something extra, even if it's not supposed to be as part of, um, you know, what, what the, the complex of hops that I'm using for that particular beer are, I'm going to throw Idaho seven in there just to, to give it a little something extra. Um, so it's, it's absolutely something that, that I try to utilize in, in our arsenal. Mm -hmm. Um, and if nothing else, it's it's something fun to play with, it, just, just to get something a little extra out. Oh, one hundred percent. And I think that us trying the cold IPA was something new, mm -hmm. right? Now you can definitely tell in this cold IPA what you're looking at, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's a little bit drier. It's not as sweet as maybe um, a West Coast or yep. even, of course, in New England. But that that profile we're after, you get the flavor of the hops. And I think we're now going to start looking at what that looks like in the Survivor Series, moving towards we have a West Coast on with the Polaris, and now what that looks like in the um, New England IPA series because we all know that's what we've always been doing, right? right? You want to keep right. a beer hazy, keep that really upfront, uh, tropical punch nose. That's going to happen when you follow the rules right. of what's going to bio uh, transform really well. You know, citra, a little bit of sim, all those things that that bio transform really well, and then when to use them along the process. And so those books are, are wonderful. And I got to tell you, you know, as we move into what I'm asking some questions, um, we were. I'm surprised, um, and 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 delightfully so, and I'm a fan, man. Um, we we were there last week, and every beer we tried was was fantastic. Um, Thank you. We it really, sure was. I mean, we enjoyed the <laughs> Galaxy, the Engine Before, which we have tonight. Yeah. Uh, it was wonderful. And so, if you have not yet been um, to Railroad uh, under Corbin and his tutelage in, in the beer world, you should. Um, it's great. You've done a nice job. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I know the same system, but you've turned things around, and and I really think that as what you're putting out, did you have 16 on tap? Yes. Yep. Uh, all 16 were were great, man. Thank you. So Thank that you. that's a testament to you and your hard work. Thank you. Um, and your desire to learn and to grow and, and to follow and to, and to really follow good brewing techniques, and and so railroads blessed to have you, Thank you. Um, and we're blessed to have you here on the show. So I want to kind of dive into some of that with you and, and maybe crack one of your beers and start talking to you about kind of your path into brewing. Heck yeah. Sounds great to me. All right. So yeah. what did you bring? Talk about this. So today I brought engine number four, which is one of the ones that you tried last week. But uh, right now it is probably my favorite beer that we have on tap. Engine number four is part of a series that we've been doing uh, as well and kind of similar to your Survivor series. And, um, I wanted to do this because, you know, we, we were looking to kind of replace a, uh, kind of a core hazy IPA that we had for a long time. And my idea was that I wanted to, <clears throat> I wanted to have kind of something that would be more rotational. Mm -hmm. I, uh, <laughs> I think you can either call it a downfall or maybe it's just that I get, uh, <laughs> um, I think I get too excited about working with new ingredients and uh, having the ability to brew something new, but I, I enjoy brewing new beers. Mm -hmm. uh, so one of the draws of doing a series like this is being able to take basically the same recipe, but tweak it with a, a new hop profile, utilize different hops each time I do it and make basically a, a, a totally different beer, right? Yeah. Uh, and so that's the idea behind this engine series. And it's been a lot of fun because we have customers who come back 
and you know they've tried engine number one, they've tried engine number two, they've tried engine number three, and they see four gets released and they get excited about it because they liked all of them or they liked one more than the other, so on and so forth. Um, you know, the plan eventually, we'd like to go back to some of the ones that have been fan favorites, bring them back for anniversary parties, do some canning runs, things like that. Um, but in the meantime, we're kind of just, you know, we're following along in this series and, and there's just so many, there's so many hops that are available now to commercial brewers. There's, you know, we have all of these different um, varietals now that are experimental as well um, that we have access to. And it's just so hard to, to, to use just a couple here and there. So oh, it is a wonderful playground. <laughs> it is. Of it, hops. It truly is. I mean, you go online to buy hops, you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I have the option to do this, 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 and this. And they're all going to be exactly in that profile that you're looking for. And they've been proven to create beer that has been sustainable. Exactly. So engine number four is, uh, it's got, got three main hops in it. Uh, we've got Nelson. We've got Belma and Enigma. Uh, so this is my first time. I've used Nelson before. It's obviously been around for a few years. Super, super popular hop. First time using both Belma and Enigma. Um, I'm a huge fan of Belma. I would definitely use Belma again. You get this really, really unique strawberry flavor that comes from Belma um, that I really haven't been able to draw out of any other hop. And that really comes, th that comes through in this beer. Um, it's kind of a, a strawberry tropical note that comes through. Um, and I, I think that pairs really, really well with the Nelson. Uh, and so I, I'm just really enjoying this beer right now. I think it's perfect for this time of year. It's refreshing. And I, even though they've been around for a few years, I just still can't stop drinking New England IPAs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, They're fantastic. <laughs> So why would so you? That's that's what I brought today. That's that's what I've been drinking. So I hope you guys enjoy. Yeah, it's it's enjoyable. Cheers. Really so when we did the podcast, right? Um, I think I'd gotten two of the three hops. So I think I definitely get some of that upfront Nelson, kind of that white wineish, really fun. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, musky, kind of really cool flavor profile yeah. to start with, and I got that danky. It's Enigma. Enigmas, yeah. Um, and we've used that a few times in a, in a beer, even as an Enigma Haze, just a, a, a smash beer. And um, it's just very, very, <laughs> very present. Uh, and it's great. And in that middle, as you finish that, that you mentioned that strawberry, the Belma, the sweetness is there. What, what, what did it finish at? Looks like 7%. What, 7%, what do you 7% uh, 38 IBUs. Cool. So what, what do you start at? What's your typical... Um, Starting gravity and, and where, where do you finish? What what yeast do you use? Uh, I actually use a, a combination. So this one, I actually did. Uh, I did a combination of it was two different omega yeasts. Uh, I used Cosmic Punch, uh, and then I used Fifty Two as well. Nice. Um, and those two play together really well. The Cosmic Punch really plays up. The Nelson hops um, plays really well with those types of hops. Um, but Fifty Two is is my standard uh, that I use for pretty much most of my New England IPAs. And what esters do you usually pull from that? Any it's mostly tropical fruit. Um, so you will get some peach, uh, some stone fruit from that. But for the most part, it's tropical fruit. So think passion fruit, mm -hmm. think mango, those types of those types of flavors. Yeah, we still <laughs> stick to the, the typical 13, 18 for our hazies. But because, mm -hmm. we, again, we know what we're going to get with that. Yeah, for sure. The Esther profile and it's epic, but this is, I mean, Dave, great beer. It is a great beer. Yeah. Uh, so fantastic. Yeah. Nice job. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for bringing it in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Happy to share. Love sharing beer. It's one of my this favorite things to go do. home with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's why I brought, that's why I brought more than one, man. <laughs> I appreciate it. I really do. So, uh, you know, you've obviously done a lot of great professional work here, uh, railroad. Uh, let's back up. How did, did you start out as a home brewer? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that <laughs> I feel like most professional brewers that I talk to, that's how they started. Right. Um, but <clears throat> but yes, I started very much that way. Uh, I started as a home brewer. It was actually something that my wife and I picked up together. Um, believe it or not, we were. It was a. Uh, it was one of those super cold, long Cleveland winters where it was you know a lot of negative temperatures, and we were looking for something to do during the winter time, and actually picked up a book by John Palmer. 
and mm. <clears throat> decided to to read it and it was his how to brew book. yeah oh yeah Classic. and read it cover to cover and uh was like you know what i think i think we can do this yeah and so that that became our project for the, the winter and we ended up teaching ourselves how to brew at home yeah and bought some equipment and it it became something that was fun for us it was it was a time for us to bond together and that was pre-kids we still do it, but not not as frequently, not as much yeah. as, as we would like to. Um, now that we've got a little one, but uh, <clears throat> but yeah, that was that was something that we picked up together, and then that passion just kind of grew from there. Uh, just just starting, usually, starting in the basement. So it starts. You pr- probably had a beer you could point to that's mm-hmm. like you know I want to emulate this. W- what was your gateway beer into mm-hmm. the craft beer scene? So I. How old are you, by the way? I am. Thir- I'm going to be thirty four. Nice, young one, he is. very young. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, I, it's actually funny you say that because when you talk about gateway beer, I think about my gateway to craft beer came shortly after graduating college, which for me was like 2012. I graduated college 2011, really started drinking craft beer like 2012, and you got to realize at that time craft beer wasn't what it is right now. Mm-hmm. That's it, for sure. It, it's yeah. not even close, right? Yeah. Um, and I think about, you know, when we go... I graduated college in 95. <laughs> it no, was I graduated high school at the same time. Ages. <laughs> uh, oh. I hate both you guys, and I hate you too, Sean. <laughs> I'm so, sorry. It's not bad. Four years difference. <laughs> so it's crazy because, you know, I... I we went to the university. My wife and I both went to the University of Dayton. She still has family down there. When we go visit UD and we're around the campus, there's craft breweries everywhere. Yeah. And kids who are in college now, they do that for fun. They go to craft breweries. That's something that they do. That's something that never even existed as an option when any mm-hmm. of us were in college. Right? Sure, hundred percent. So now, you know, back up, you know, fifteen years now, back to when I just graduated college. I was used to drinking. Natty's Natty Lights, uh, Milwaukee's Best. That's that's what I was drinking when I was in college. All right, the beast. Yeah, the worst. And I still have nightmares about it. <laughs> and so when I graduated college, one of the beers that actually kind of opened my eyes that there was something more than that available was actually Blue Moon. Um, now, technically not a craft beer because I know that it's brewed by Miller Coors. Um, but that was kind of the first beer that I was like, wow, there's something else out there. You know, I, you got the spice, you got the sweetness, you got, it was served with this orange peel that oh, yeah. blew my mind. Um, and so that beer kind of opened my eyes. If there was a craft beer that I had to point my, my finger to, though, it would, the, the very first IPA that I ever had was Bell's Two Hearted. Mm. And yeah. so still to this day, I can drink a Bell's Two Hearted and, and it kind of takes me back. And that was one of the very first IPAs that I ever had. And it, that was a gateway to me. And it helped me to understand, you know, the power of hops and the flavor that you can get from it and, and what bitterness actually is. Mm-hmm. You're like, this is actually good. Yeah. Well, kudos to Bell's too, because I would yeah. say that every mid 30 something person who's in the craft beer could almost find their lineage Drinking a Bell's Two Hearted, yes. yeah, and it's true. still a fantastic beer. Absolutely, it is. Yeah. So, yep, that's wonderful. So, when you got into brewing, did you try to emulate that, or were there some other styles that? So, one of the first home brews that we ever did, we got a kit from Northern Brewer or something yep. like that, and it was a it was a Bell's Two Hearted. Yes, clone. yes, nice. And uh, that was one of the first beers we did. We tried to split the batch, and we tried to do something crazy on our own. We did. We, we did one, I think we did like a gallon that was um, just the regular clone, and then we did one that we we did on blackberries, oh, just, wow. just for something wild. See, that was and your adventurous side, and your first batch. Our very first batch. <laughs> nice. That's great. Yeah. Well done. And uh, it was all right. It was like, okay. This, I'll say moderate at best. So was it extract? No. Actually, we used, we used frozen, like flash frozen blueberries. Nice. It was bold. Look at you. Good stuff. Nice. That, and it didn't That's come awesome. out? Did it come out? How, how did it go? It, it was good. It was okay. I think, you know, we knew nothing about filtration at the time. So there was just chunks of uh, of seeds <laughs> in it. 
And yeah. so it wasn't that the sounds pre- better than my first attempt. At home. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it wasn't the prettiest thing to drink, but it had a cool color. Yeah, nice. um, for sure. And uh, and it, it didn't it didn't taste terrible. It wasn't it was by no means a clone of Bell's Too Hard. We did them a disservice, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but, you know, you start advancing, and then you, did you, was that all, that was a extract kit? That was an extract kit, okay. yeah. Yep. So, yeah, that was an extract yep. kit. We didn't use extract for the flavoring. That's, gotcha. Yeah. No, it's good. Yep. So then how long until you went to all grain, and then you start down the rabbit hole of equipment yeah. collecting? Yeah, <laughs> Still doing that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so we, we kind of advanced from that, um, I think we moved up to uh, a five-gallon all-grain system probably within two years, maybe. Yeah. Um, and still brew on that. Yeah, we still brew on yeah, that nice. today. Um, it's Propane. Kind of, uh, yeah. Yep. Perfect size, um, and it's it gets us. I, I built a, a keyser in the basement, so we keg, um, yep. and it's fun to you know we have friends over and things like that. Have the ability to, you know pour beers for our friends, take growlers places, things like that. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah. It's still, it's still a lot of fun. Something we still enjoy doing. Really cool, man. Now, and now you can, uh, maybe take a six home of your own little do products. that, do that every now and again yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> that's awesome. So, so at, at some point you had to be thinking, maybe I could mm-hmm. do this as a profession. Um, how did, how did that thought process go? So a lot of that came from, a lot of that came from encouragement from family and friends, yeah. honestly. Um, so, you know, you, you, I think one of the coolest parts uh, about craft beer is being able to share it with other people. I, I think, absolutely. I think that's why, you know, doing this is so much fun mm-hmm. is, you know, being able to bring beers, you know, from my place, bringing beers from, from your place and, and sharing it with one another. I think that's, that's the coolest part about craft beer. That's for sure. And, uh, so when, when we had the ability to, to have friends and family try our product and, and, you know, got encouragement from people and, you know, of course you hear, you get people that say, oh, you should start your own brewery. Well, they're not fully cognizant of the time, money, energy that it takes to do all of those things. Um, you know, so something like that wasn't necessarily in the cards, but, you know, trying to get a foot in the door somewhere was something that, that became interesting to me. Right. I'm going to put a pause in that real quick because I think that's something that we want to talk about for people as we look at home brewing and the transition to that. I, I, I want to say that, as always, brewing is a very social uh, process, mm-hmm. um, not just in our world where we talk and collaborate and, and share products and, and, and talk about specifics. Um, but I know when, as a home brewer, we gave our beer to everybody. It was just mm-hmm. a, it was a fun thing. Yeah. And I know that Dave does the same thing. I mean, he brews beer for people for special events. They oh, yeah. Over, and yeah. it's really the fun aspect of that. People always say, oh, what's on tap now? What do you got coming for that? What can we do with this? And, 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 and it's really neat. And so if you're looking at getting to the hobby, right, because it is a hobby. Very you know, much. It's a, it can be a, a small hobby, but typically it runs down that rabbit hole, like Dave said, and becomes obsession. Really obsession. Yeah. <laughs> As you get better and better, you know, and some people can just hang with the obsession. Like a couple weeks ago, we had Todd in who just kind of hangs with that obsession um, in his own home, um, and his wife allows him to have a hundred kegs of of mead and cider rotating yeah. through his his basement. Yeah, and uh, that's awesome, right? And so, how does that look within your family? And and you know, so if you're going to be out and about and around, and you're looking at brewing, it is a very social event, and it is fun for your friends, and 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 that is part of the joy Absolutely. is sharing your product with people. And I think that I'm sure that's how you feel now, mm-hmm. doing that professionally. Absolutely, I think that's. For me, I think that's one of the, you know, when we run into each other doing events, yeah. uh, you know, I think being at events and, and talking to people and, you know, how did you make this? And, you know, we, we run into, we run into so many homebrewers at oh, events like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Love asking questions. They yeah. love seeing the process. And- yeah. And, and it's, it's so much fun just having these conversations, even if, even if you're not a homebrewer, yep. you know, just having these conversations with customers and and people who are just enjoying your product and even if they're not enjoying your product just giving you constructive criticism on what they like and what they don't like it's that's so much it's so much a huge part of what the the profession is and what the craft is Mm -hmm. um and i've I've come to really enjoy that I, i like talking to people um and that's that's been something that's been a lot of fun for me to dive into which is good you know and i think that it helps not only um 
your brand because it, it, it does do that. I mean, I think that having someone who can speak um, when you go to the beer shows and, and talk to the people at the beer fests and you're able to communicate well and, and discuss um, processes and, and the joy of that, it really does make a big difference in, in, in promoting uh, what you do uh, at Railroad as well. Mm-hmm. So how, how did that happen? Like, so describe that transition to pro beer like Dave talked about, right? Um, was Railroad your first job? Um, how did that happen? Did you had you hooked up with Railroad? Did you quit your previous profession? Like personal life adjustments? Let's talk through that whole process together. Yeah. So that whole thing is is has and still is kind of wild. Um, so I started with Railroad um, really actually just after COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was um, like late summer of 2020. Uh, so everything was kind of kind of crazy in the the craft beer world at that time uh, and. There was a lot of places that didn't really know where they stood. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there was places that had been shut down for a number of months. Um, you know, there were places that had to dump a lot of product, you know, depending if they were able to, to move through it or not. Yep. Um, it was a tough time for a lot of people. And um, it was around that same time that um, naturally I decided that this would be a good time to try and enter the craft beer industry. And... Uh, <laughs> So cheers. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, brave. Yeah. Right. So, um, I did not, I did not quit my previous profession. Um, so I've, I've actually owned a gym, uh, in Avon Lake since 2012 and I actually still, still own that gym, still work there. Um, so I kind of do, I, I juggle both. Um, and, uh, and that's something that I've, I've been able to do to this point. Um, how, how long I'll, I'll be able to continue to do that. Obviously still remain seen, uh, you know, how we continue to grow with railroad. Have 16 um, beers on tap and you can still <laughs> work a day job. Wow. It's a, uh, it's a lot. Uh. And, and, and a lot of credit goes to, to my wife for putting up with it. Um, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's so basically the way that this came about was, you know, wanted really wanted to try and get my foot into the, the craft beer industry mm-hmm. any way that I could. And the idea was I, I was going to be fine with just, being a bartender or, mm-hmm. you know, anything really. And so I, I'd put some feelers out with, you know, some connections that I had and, uh, to some breweries in the area and, uh, had heard back from railroad and talked with them, went in, met with Tom Wagner, mm-hmm. met with Drew Moore, who was the brewer at the time. And when they found out that I had brewing experience as a home brewer, uh, they thought that, uh, I might be a better fit actually on the production side and, mm-hmm. and helping Jerome do um, more salaring work and things like that. And so they asked I remember them, that time. Yeah. You know, I think we had come in for an event um, for a Christmas party or oh, something okay. while we were there. Yeah. And uh, it was one of your first, you know, a, you were there brewing and it was in the evening and we yeah. were just discussing oh, and yeah. talking. I, I do remember that. was kind of fun, yeah. right? Yeah, I do remember you know, that. Tom was like, oh, you should meet Corbin. He's, yeah. our, he's our new guy. And, yeah. and, and, and I, I will say to Tom's, uh, credit in a couple of those things that he has hired people who want to be bartenders who end up helping uh, in the brew house. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. So that foresight is, is, is pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that was the situation there. That was how it worked out. And, um, you know, I, I worked at, I worked basically as a seller person. I was Jerome's assistant for, um, about six to eight months and, uh, basically learned everything that I could, uh, and as, as little time as, as that, um, Jerome had the opportunity to take over at, at Schnitz mm-hmm. when, when they started, uh, he took that position and I was then promoted to the head, head brewer position. And I've, I've been there now for a little over two years. Um, so I've, I've been manning the ship at, at railroad then, uh, since I guess the, the beginning of 2021. Um, and it's been a blast. I've, I've had so much fun. Uh, it's, I think one of my favorite parts is, is being able to, to collaborate with the owners and, you know, coming up with, you know, what the production schedule is going to be and in our, our slate of beers that we're going to be releasing and mm-hmm. when, and, and, and what the schedule is going to look like. Um, you know, I just, I enjoy that process and. I think that's great. I mean, I think they recognize that you do have a good palate and you, sure. you are coming up with some good products and some good series like the engine number four here. And, uh, I mean, that's great just to let your creativity kind of take off. Yeah. That's thank great. You. Yeah. It's, and they, they have been, they've, they've really let, they've let me kind of just head up production. And if, even if there's a beer that maybe they're not, 
crazy about style wise. If, 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 if I say that I'm confident I can brew it, then they're going to let me brew it. And that's good so because I, you, yeah, I mean, somebody's going to like it, you know, it's exactly mm-hmm. right. Yeah. So how does that play in then to like the overall vision or philosophy of, of brewing at railroad, mm-hmm. right? Um, connection to the local area, mm-hmm. um, Avon, Avon Lake right on the mm-hmm. border then. Um, so let's talk about that first. Then I'm going to ask you a follow-up question to that. So what is the brewery uh, railroad's vision, philosophy, your vision, philosophy for where you're headed in, in the future? Yeah. So obviously the, the opening of the restaurant kind of, I would say maybe deviated kind of what the trajectory of railroad maybe was mm-hmm. uh, six months ago. Okay. Uh, and I think it kind of accelerated things. Um, and, you know, anytime you're introducing food, you know this from, you know, obviously having the restaurants. But anytime you introduce food, it, it <laughs> things tend to, to take off. People, you know, anytime you're, you're, you're drinking beer, you, you want some food and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go hand in hand. And so now that we kind of have two locations, obviously the production is going to increase um, and demand is going to increase. Mm-hmm. And so all of that is, is kind of making this on more of an upward trajectory on a quicker note than I think maybe we all anticipated at this point, uh, maybe six months ago, but that's a good problem to have. And I think we're all happy that we're here. And, you know, from a community aspect, I think kind of parlaying on what we talked about previously, I I think one of the coolest things that we do have is that we have a couple of breweries in really a, a kind of a small location. I mean, Avon, Avon Lake really isn't that big of an area. Correct. Um, you know, from a mileage standpoint, we've got a lot of people in a really small area, but those people all want places to go. <laughs> and the fact that we've got, we've got Avon, we've got ZZ's Big Top, we've got, uh, we've got Railroad, you know, we've got Sibling that's right down the street too. We've got all of these awesome places that all have kind of a different niche. Mm-hmm. Um, but are all fantastic, put out p- fantastic product. Um, and I think more than anything, we just, we're, we enjoy being part of that community and we like having uh, a part in the craft beer community in Lorraine County and being part of what that scene is in Lorraine County. We want to be part of that destination for people to come to Lorraine County and, and have some of the awesome craft beer that's here. You know, you go to Ohio city you can hit four or five breweries in a two-block radius, right? Correct. Not as easy when you come to Lorraine County. Got to do a little bit of driving, but we've kind of created a little pocket of some great beer in a really small area, and and we love being a part of that. I agree, and I think that's something that we need to be looking at is how to create maybe a little Lorraine County passport like we do in Medina and mm-hmm. how that how that looks. And I know that you mentioned uh, how the restaurant has changed that, and mm-hmm. I think that's uh, something that um, – has been kind of uh, not really an issue, but something that we all want, right? Obviously, we had to do create our own restaurant in Medina because it's ne- it's a necessity to have a regular food option. Right. Uh, and as people have have changed their habits of drinking over the course of the last couple of years, mm-hmm. um, but you know, Tom has been very excited about opening up um, the Center Station and and how that came to be. Uh, looking even to partner with a few different restaurants along the way, we've we tried the same thing and what doesn't work, what does work, right. and people in the area who you want to be partners with, they have to do their own thing and you have to just kind of live by that. Mm-hmm. And I know that that partnership was going to be happening um, with Moosehead. Mm-hmm. And then um, when they decided to pull back um, to the Amherst location mm-hmm. solely, and that place was just wide open. Yep. And he's like, what do I do? Yeah. It, it fell that was in, a no-brainer, right? It fell into his lap. No-brainer. It, it really did. I mean, you have this open building. You're yeah. going to use their food anyway. Yep. We have to do it. Mm-hmm. And, Equipment's already there. Yeah, got to do it. Yep. And so I think that yeah. that does change the trajectory, um, but I think it's only going to change it in a in a really big positive way. Absolutely, uh, for your brand and, and for your business and, and for all of Avon, Avon Lake, and Lorraine County in general. As you kind of just continue to to up the ante in your own location, so mm-hmm. I think that we always talk about that as is high tide rise all ships. And yeah. so as that happens for you, right, and you get that solid foundation of food and locations. Now you have two separate for different options. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely excited about that. Yep. So last thing about the beer uh, for me is uniqueness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what is unique about your beer and and how or why is that relevant? It's a great question. Um, so I think for me, 
my philosophy with brewing is and always has been that. <laughs> That's good, dude. It's good. We're going to be drinking it. <laughs> my philosophy is and always has been that no matter the style, any beer that you brew is going to be someone's favorite beer. Okay. And so even if it's not my favorite style or it's not your favorite style, mm-hmm. someone that walks into that brewery, that's going to be their favorite beer. And so I try to keep that in mind when I'm brewing and when I'm coming up with the different beers that we're going to be producing. Um, if it was up to me, all our, hazies. Yeah, our draft list would be <laughs> it would be 12 hazy IPAs, <laughs> Two lagers and yep. two fruited sours. Yep, I'm in. That that would be. We're what, we're brewing brothers in that one. <laughs> that would be, That is my tap list of that would, gods. Yeah, that would be what my that would be what my draft list looked like. Yep. But I know that that wouldn't put a size on, and I'm there too. <laughs> <laughs> Which of course he grab. See, you look what that looks like. Gravitated towards that, right? My first beers that I got. First thing I said, what hazes do you have on? You know, yeah. so I think that for me, that's a good indication yeah. of what I see moving forward, right? right. And Dave is obviously like, mm, Saison, yeah. right? Some people say, mm, pepper beer, oh, lager, right. whatever that looks like, right. right? And so, you know, um, you're dead on the money with that. Yeah, so that's that's kind of my philosophy, and that's how I that's how I try to build what our tap lists look like, what our, you know, what production schedule looks like. Obviously, you're always going to have your core beers that, that people expect to have at, at any given time. But I try to keep as many things in rotation as possible. I don't want people to come to our brewery and have and, and see the same tap list over and over and over yep. and over and over again. I want you to come in and find something new and fresh each time you come in. That's really important to me. Because well, it's an untapped world, you know? People want to check in something new. Absolutely. Right? And, I, and truthfully, I'm the same way. Yeah. If I go somewhere, if I go to a brewery and, and it's, you know, my second or third time at that place – I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get the same beer that I've had previously. I'm right. gonna, I want to try something new, and so I understand that mindset as a consumer. Yep. And so why would I not do the same thing on the production side? Well, so, obviously, I'm a fan. I mean, we obviously have built our entire business around small batch beers, right? Yeah. For that very purpose. Right. People want to come in on a regular basis, get new flights, and that that's exciting. Right. Draws them in, like you said, your engines and how that plays out, and new beers all the time. Yeah. So that's really cool. So that's that's my philosophy, and I think that you know, I think that I don't know if that necessarily makes us different because I know that there are a lot of places that do that sort of thing. But I think no matter the beer that you have, it's going to be made well. So if we tell you that this is, if we tell you that this is a Hellas Lager, it's going to be a Hellas Lager. If we tell you that this is a saison, it's going to be a saison. And you know our our goal is to 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 make the beers to the best of their ability because we know that there's going to be someone coming in who loves saisons yeah and we know that there's going to be someone coming in who loves New England IPAs yeah and so I'm going to do everything that I can to make the best ones that I can now for those at home this is the Corbin Way <laughs> Railroad <laughs> so if you haven't been you need to go 16 beers on tap and I think I can think through the list as my memory serves me correctly um you had a there was a wide saison. variety yeah you had a saison. Yeah, I did. wide variety okay. of beers mm-hmm. from lagers to um dunkles to you know across the board mm-hmm. uh, so you know that, that's, that's excellent great job thanks for coming on today too by the way this has been a blast guys we're not done with you yet no i'm not done either we got more beer <laughs> to drink right we have more beer to drink <laughs> So uh, let's hit the boil there, Sean. It's time for the boil. All right, in homebrew happenings, we have the uh, NHC Big Brew Day is coming up May 6th. It's always the first Saturday in May. And uh, there's a, I guess the sanctioned recipe is a pale ale, nearly Nirvana pale ale that the uh, Homebrew Association puts out there that you can brew if you want. Um, nice. Terrestrial is doing an event with the snobs, and they're going to be brewing the um, wort that you can bring your own sanitized vessel in and pick up five or ten gallons of wort and uh, brew it however you want. Finish it, and steep some grains, do your own hops, use whatever yeast you want. So uh, that's coming up in early and that's May. That's a great day. 
Yeah. So people look forward to that. Um, it's a lot of fun. But Dave, you have to actually go home and finish that beer. Yeah, because I'm notorious for letting it sit for a couple of days. Because and it goes we did garbage that. pail. <laughs> yeah, and there was no product <laughs> no. coming out of your home. No, I dumped it. That's okay. Bad. That's all yeah. right. I mean, sometimes it can go sour in a good way. It could. This did not. It could. No. Did garbage, not happen. Garbage heap. <laughs> um, so I was. I've been playing around with. I. Told my wife she just re- recently got me into that tahini rim mm. with the Mexican lagers and the spices. So spicy I, I wanna, rim jobs. I want to do a spicy. Rim job. La- that was a laugh. <laughs> That's the name of it. Spicy rim up. job. Yeah. She uh, laughed. Uh, so I'm gonna do a gosa or something. Nice around that. that but uh, I've been playing around with beer smith. You guys, do you use beer smith, Corbin? Uh, I, I've used Beersmith in the past. Yeah. Um, I actually use Brew Father. Mm-hmm. Brew Father. Okay. That's actually what I use. Um, I, I just like the setup of it. Uh, it's got some inventory tracking on it as well. Um, that, that I actually use too. I don't know. It's, yeah. I, I think all, all of the programs have their own positives and negatives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think whatever is easiest for for each person to use. I think that's what you should go for. Yeah, I got into the Beersmith a while ago and I like it cuz you can you can put your own profile in and you know your specific system, you can measure your you know your mash ton dead space and um and calculate your own efficiencies and uh things like that and swap out different hot profiles and download when a different malt comes out, yep. you know, what your potential gravity would be. Uh, so it's the lazy man's way of experimenting with recipes without actually having to brew it until you get something that kind of seems like what you want and then print it out, brew it up. So, no, I, we've used, you know, we use, I use Beer Smith as a home brewer. Yeah. And uh, we have the pro now and we occasionally use it, try to upload some stuff to the clouds so we can look at each other's work. But we pretty much just write our own recipes out from that. So. Yeah, you. Ha- I think you guys have your own uh, system sheet, yeah, for yeah, sure. your own calculation system. Yeah, yep. that's cool. But since I haven't brewed anything, I have to talk about the software. It's great. The, yeah, I think it's great. I think it's <laughs> awesome to use software. I mean, it keeps your water profile, keeps things moving for you. Yep. Yeah, it's a good way. Mm-hmm. Uh, pro brew happenings. What's going on with ABC, Matthias? Yeah, so um, we're still trying to figure out how to break ground. <laughs> at the new location. I, I, I wasn't going to bring it up. <laughs> uh, you did, though. You did. You know, you did. right across the street, there was that old antique shop that was for sale. And yep. you guys had your sign up. They sold that property, tore it down, improved it, and they're ready to build. I'm like, what's well, they with dem- the They city? demoed it, right? Yeah. So we could have demoed, too. Yeah. You can get a demo permit pretty easily, so... Uh, we have a nice brew list coming out. We have a, we released our uh, Mexican lager. He's done you, with you it. Moving on. With it. You hopped over that pretty <laughs> moving on. quickly. Uh, so a lot of new beers in the, in the queue coming up pretty quickly, so we're excited about that. Um, what about Railroad? Uh, Railroad, we've got uh, – well, biggest thing at Railroad, actually, is that we are in the process of actually upgrading our production space. Uh, so that's, that's our, our big deal right now. Um, over the course of the next probably four to six weeks, production's actually going to be shut down for a little bit. Oh, wow. um, so we're getting a whole new brew house and oh, wow. uh, some additional fermentation vessels and uh, totally upgrading the, the production space. Um, so if you're popping in to, uh, to our, our production facility to grab a pint at all, you'll see some of that, that construction going on. Uh, so that that's kind of the biggest deal that that's happening at at railroad. Um, so they still keeping the bar where it is. Oh yeah, bar's gonna yeah. stay there. Uh, really, not much changing in terms of the layout. Uh, we are bumping out uh, the production space uh, on the on the east side of the okay. bar, um, just to to move tanks out just a little bit to give it a little bit more working space okay. uh, in the back. But outside of that, the layout really isn't changing that much. Okay, uh, we're really just just adding some more tanks from what we have right now and then getting um, a hot liquor tank we are getting a yes. hot liquor tank so that's a big deal uh, <laughs> that's, a big that's, deal. that's like christmas for me yeah um the fact that, that that we haven't had one to this point has made things pretty interesting um so i mean how do you how do you mash in with <laughs> so the way that the way that i've been doing it right now uh and it's the most sanitary way that i can 
Um, basically, I'm using the kettle as as both. I'm using the kettle as as a hot liquor tank to mash in, and then um, draining it and and then preparing for the well, and then that actually the additional water that I use for the sparge, I then heat up, and then basically steam heat and steam sanitize into the fermenting vessel that, oh, I'll, wow. be, that okay. I'll be using to brew into that. Oh, that's bag. ingenious though. And then <laughs> and then I push out with CO2 okay. to sparge. Okay. So that's how I've been having to do it without uh, a hot You're going to be so happy when you get yeah. HLT in. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to cut about... I've watched the process. <laughs> it's going to cut about... Amazing. <laughs> it's going to cut about two and a half hours out of my brew day. So pretty excited for that. Oh, you know what? I did want to mention this. Uh, this grinds my gears. I I saw that um, it was a bunch of, I don't know if it was one person, went on Google and gave Railroad a bunch of one-star reviews. This gutless SOB. Uh, and it was all, there was no review. It was just one star, one star, one star. So go to Railroad, give them an honest review. Um, I just went on, gave them a five-star review. So yep. yeah. I think that was actually, I think we got spammed. Yeah, um, that does happen, and they yeah, don't take them down. Yeah, they won't take them down. We've we've contacted <laughs> Google about it, and uh, unfortunately, they they aren't taking them down. They're they're saying that well, it's not spam, but it's obviously spam. Yeah, it's so. obviously somebody just gutless. Yeah, you know, yeah, dishonest. So, yep. so go out there, give them an honest review. Have some beer. Also in Lorraine County, right? Yes. Some pro brewer news. Bascule. Yes. As I was driving in the night, did a live video, yeah, right, opening up their Lorraine Bascule Beer Garden on Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo, oh, that's so awesome. yeah. they're excited about that. That's just a big move for them, right, to yeah. be able to expand outside their good for Chris. their four walls. Yeah, good for Chris. Picnic tables. I think he mentioned uh, a few games outside, uh, cornhole, yeah, frisbee cornhole, golf, stuff like that. Yeah, it's yeah. great. So good for them. Uh, that's really exciting. Um, while you're at it, let's talk about how to get a hold of us. Make sure that you're looking online, watching today. Um, share, smash that like button, follow. Hit the notification bell. Do all the stuff. Ding, ding, ding. Help yeah. to find us out, right? Blabbermalt Show. Yes, the Blabbermalt Show on Facebook and YouTube and at Blabbermalt at Instagram and Twitter. And then you can email us any questions. Uh, blabbermalt at gmail.com. Blabbermalt at gmail.com. We did have an email question. Um this is kind of a throwback to when we had Jason Lowry on. Somebody was asking, we were talking about brewing a bag. Mm -hmm. I said, what does brewing a bag mean? That's a great mm -hmm. question. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, when you have a, normally when you do a mash, you have your vessel, stainless steel vessel with the false bottom or, or a picnic cooler yep. with the uh, piping in there. And you do your mash. When it's done, you start draining the sugar water off. And then you sparge with clear water to rinse the grain. Well, you can take a shortcut and you just take your mash tun and you have a full volume bag or fine mesh stainless steel basket, put the grain in there, and you add your full volume of the sparge and mash water. When your mash is done, you just pick that basket up and all the liquid drains out and you can boil in the same kettle. Mm -hmm. uh, the downside, they would say, is you lose a little bit of efficiency because you leave some sugar in that bag, but for on a homebrew scale... You add another pound of grain, and you're good to go. You're good to go. So that's, that's what brewing a bag means. So for a couple extra, a couple extra dollars, right, you get to obviously brew in one pot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just one pot. And in Jason's case, he has a, I believe he has a motorized Well, you got to have lift. That. Yeah, He's doing 10-gallon batches. He's got a hoist. He's not, he's not hiking those bags out by himself. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Hence the hazy he did, which was wonderful. Yes. That's a great question. So if you have those questions, make sure you send them in to us at um, blabbermalt at gmail.com. So we have some uh, beer releases coming up. Um, and you know what? Northeast Ohio Craft Brewery News, they haven't put an update out in a while, so I had to do this They're myself. on vacation, so uh, we have to do <laughs> some work. Yeah. So uh, Bookhouse has Whoops Juicy IPA is out now on tap at the uh, brew house. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. Uh, unplugged, I saw they had a great Scott's Brown Ale came out today. Yep. So we can get that at the tap house there. Great Lakes has Crushworthy Locale Melon Wheat available everywhere May 1st. Mm. I uh, saw that. Yeah. 
Sounds good. They're trying good, to be good. different. They just put an article out that they're trying to kind of revamp. Mm-hmm. Well, that brand. sounds like a good summer drinking mm-hmm. ale. Yeah. They've totally yeah. they've totally changed what their kind of core releases are throughout the course of the year, and I give them a lot of credit for that because I mean they even dropped like I think they dropped Burning River, um, and which had been on their lineup for yeah. fifteen years. Those are hard decisions to make, yeah. but because that's a, that decisions. was a good beer. Yeah. 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 For sure, but on our landscape of, of craft beer drinkers, I think it's smart to do for sure those yeah, things. Definitely, okay. definitely. Uh, JAFB has a Woo Zealand West Coast IPA. Gotta love JAFB. Mm-hmm. Terrestrial Bubblegum Kush came mm. out 420. <laughs> Get it? That. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Sounds, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like exactly something they would put out. Yeah. Um, I always, this is really a Cleveland area, but Twin O's, um, cause we're up there, we have a place in Marblehead. They have a uh, blueberry hibiscus weed ale coming out, um, April 29th, Chupa Catabra Mexican lager, nice. 429 coming out, strawberry gosarita, five, five. I would say Twin O's in the past, they've also had just, you go in there, it's the same tap list. They mm-hmm. might do a Randall with something. But they're starting to come out with more different beers. They're starting to get it. People want to, in the untapped world, have something new, something different. So. It's true. It's true. And I think that, you know, I don't want to leave ourselves out from that too, but that Mexican lager, you know, um, I think that's important to say that that's a beer that's coming back around. Yes, it is. Right? It is. Um, of course, we, we talked about how we have our Mexican lager, the Alcarcenero, uh, which is made with bloody butcher corn. Mm. Um, and we do offer it with the tahini rim because it's kind of fun. Um, throw a little jalapeno in there, come to the lime. It's kind yeah. of something you can do. You don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also at Avon Brewing Company releasing the um, Keller Drive uh, Keller Beer, which okay. is a... Uh, is that out now? It's out now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so kind of an unfiltered, slightly hazy, maybe slightly hoppy um, Pilsner, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I uh, used uh, Simcoe in that, so it's a little bit of lemon, kind of neat. Kind of neat. Um, Shaka Bra, which is uh, the <laughs> yeah. Nectaron Hazy, which is my favorite yeah, hazy that we brewed in a long time. Shaka Bra. So the Nectaron Hop is something if you haven't had yet. I love Nectaron. Man, it is whoosh, it's awesome hop. It is awesome. Yeah. I added some more to our contract. It's just epic. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, haven't, I haven't brewed with it at Railroad yet, but have done multiple batches at home with it. And it is it's phenomenal. So, so, so yep. good. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Got some music events coming up? Yeah, we do. Um, I always throw a lot of metal in there, but I saw Skinny Puppy is coming Saturday, 429, House of Blues. This is not my bag, but is it you guys? Kind of an older band? No, I've not heard of Skinny Puppy before. I do not know that that is something that I have ever heard of. Yeah, all right. They're from the 80s, aren't they? 80s? Again, Corbin was born in the 80s. I was born in 89. All right, shut up. Um, August Burns, August Burns Red, Tuesday, uh, May second, House of Blues. This is totally my bag, metalcore to the max. Spirit Box, Saturday, May sixth, House of Blues. It's all House of Blues events. Mm. And I think it's been a great one coming up. You have the, the Janie Lane, the Janie Lane tribute. Yeah, uh, Billy Morris uh, organizes this. It's a two day event. I believe it's the same show, but they just split it up in uh, uh, two different events. It's at Temple Live. Uh, tribute to the late great warrant singer Janie Lane, and uh, the proceeds go to help his family. So that's wonderful. Yeah. So I know those are all kind of either metal or hair bands, right? Yes. Um, coming up pretty soon this weekend at Lorraine Palace Theater, keeping it local, we have a old school country guy, Tracy Lawrence. Ooh, Tracy, I love her. She's awesome. Notice how I live with country guy. Oh. <laughs> Seven to ten p.m. They're at the Lorraine Palace Theater, right? <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Come How on. How do you not know who Tracy Lawrence is? I live under a rock. Live under a rock? No. Um, and again, you know, um, June 4th, Paramore is, is pretty big in, mm. in the kids' world today. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they're coming to uh, the Rocket Mortgage, Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse June 4th. These are things that are going to be sold out. Um, House of Blues again, Soldier Boy, for those who are on the other side of the coin. Soldier Boy. So if you're out there man. watching Soldier Boy, May 22nd. Uh, Blink-182, May 16th. Hey, now. Right? Now we're getting to your era again. Yeah, but it's my era. <laughs> and there's just a bunch. So if we go, you know, go in the area, there's so many things that are out there. I know we're running short on time today. Um, but get out and about. 
Um, check out our wonderful city and surrounding suburbs and the different venues they have to offer. A um, lot of things happening. Yes. Uh, next show, we will have a guest. Can't really talk about it just yet, uh, but we'll let you know when we can. Uh, what beer should we drink next episode? That's a good question. We'll figure that out. We'll figure that out, too. We have two weeks to figure it out. We'll put it online. Just make sure you check us out there on Facebook at Blabbermalt. Right? Yeah. That's it, man. Smash that button. Figure out what's going on. Uh, One more time, let's go through our uh, kind of our YouTube, Facebook for everybody. YouTube, Facebook, The Blabbermalt Show, Instagram and Twitter, at Blabbermalt. And then you can email us questions. Tell us how good... Corbin did today. Any questions you have for him and Railroad, we'll get a hold of him and answer them on our next show at blabbermalt at gmail.com. Well, until then, next, everybody, stay Stay malty, Cleveland. Cleveland.